Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. When I look at that, you know, we, we played hard. We played the right way. The result wasn't the right. No one's happy about that. No one wants to hear about that. I don't want to hear about that. He didn't get the win. But we're, we're, we're playing the game with the pace we need to play it. And this is very frustrating. Sabres remain 10 back in the wildcard race in the Eastern Conference. And now the... Um... The winning percentage the rest of the way has emphatically changed. We've talked for quite a while that the Sabres basically have to win two out of every three to keep themselves in the mix to get to the mid-90s range and hope that that is good enough in the wildcard race. The fact of the matter is now, with 32 games remaining, they will need to win at least three out of every four. So you've gone from 67 on the winning percentage meter to 75% of your games that you have to win the rest of the way after another hard luck loss, Marty. I, it, it dawned on me, shouldn't have dawned on me just now, but I try not to uh, dwell on, you know, stats from the past. But um, there was a time in the not too uh, distant past that uh, we talked about the Sabres' inability to win games when they didn't score more than two. Well, they still don't have a win this year when scoring fewer than two goals, two or fewer. They are 0-19-2, and, and you marry that with the fact that they do not get beyond regulation very often. In fact, they're tied with Edmonton for fewest trips beyond regulation. The, these kinds of things all add up to single points here and there, single points here and there that would change the outlook dramatically. Agree? Um, agree, to disagree. Yes. It'd be more fun if we disagree. So no, I agree. Yes, I look at uh, look. Last night's a two-one game. So Dallas won a game by scoring only two goals. Right? You look at the Tampa game, um, the last home game before they went on the West Coast before the bye week and the All Star break. It was a two-one. It ended up being three-one an empty net, but it's a two-one win by Tampa. Tampa wins a game up uh, by scoring only two goals. Then the week before that, there was a one-nothing win by Vancouver against Buffalo. So that's a team where Vancouver only... So, you know, there's been times this year where you looked at the game and maybe they lost the game 3-2 and you're thinking, ah, you know, a save here would have been good. Like, you know, and I'm talking about, you know, maybe October and early November. A save here would have been good. Maybe you can win this game 2-1 or maybe you can take the 2-2 game into overtime and get an extra point. Um, 
this has not been the case of late here. The case of late is your goaltender has done a fantastic job keeping the games tight. And even if you've fallen behind like they did at LA or in uh, San Jose, a save or two keeps it at 2-0 or 3-1 and it allows you to come back. But the offense has had a hard time to really produce despite glorious scoring chances, despite, you know, some better play. Uh, from from Dylan Cousins and from JJ Paterka and from now the middle stat line, who I think is playing well with Greenway and Tuck, um, you're still not you able to last get over. Night, I thought they were the second best line. I thought there was the Cousins line that was by far Cousins, Benson, uh, Benson, and Paterka were by far the the best line. The numbers show it. The eye test shows it. They were the best line. And then after that, I thought, okay. Middlestat Greenway talk are probably the line that has done enough, but at five on five, I thought that was it. I didn't think that the Thompson line at five on five really got anything done. And now, you know, if the Krebs line with Gergensen and Robinson is one of your top two lines in a game, well, there's other issues there. So I just felt like by default, I think that the Middlestat line was the second best line. Uh, but everything five on five, especially that was created, in my opinion, was Cousins line. That's that's what it was. And they created a ton in that game. Yeah, the only um, concern I have with that line moving forward is how much of the lack of production is weighing on Zach Benson right now. Yeah, this is and. We agreed. I mean, 20 minutes in last night, and I don't think it really changed that much. His ice time diminished a little bit as, as obviously special teams ended up dominating the third period. But, um, you know, he's, he's not yet scored at home. He's goalless in his last 18 games. And he's, I think he's capable of taking on the bigger role, but I always wonder about players and how they feel when the numbers don't, aren't there or don't match what the player perceives he's given at that point in time. Um, I would think that that would be the case with H.H. Thompson, a Dylan Cousins, maybe even a J.J. Paterko when things weren't really uh, amounting to goals and assists and he was in a little bit of a, a dry stretch here. With Zach Benson, I, I, I'm going to say it in a way that maybe doesn't make sense, but I feel like this season is like playing with house money is that I don't agree until now because now it's crunch time and nobody else is scoring and he's in a bigger role. That's he's in my a bigger concern. role, yes. But he, he yesterday he was getting chances. Yesterday that line was, I, I want to say that shot attempts uh, during the game at five on five were twenty five to five when that line was on the ice, like twenty five to five. That's a right. huge number. But I'm right? not focusing on yesterday's game. I'm focusing on the weight of the big picture here of 18 games with no goals and never having scored at home. And that's why I'm asking the question. I'm not asking it because of what they did last night, which was really yeah. good. I still think that when it comes to Zach Benson, the way that I see him um, approach the game, the way that I see him talk about the game, and uh, I I really don't think it's weighing on him. And maybe, okay. maybe it is, and he's hiding it well, and, you know, Players handled different situations. Uh, yesterday, we saw Darlene, like, had so many chances. And we obviously saw frustrating frustration, body language in a way. Not a negative, like, more like, ah, oh, I want to score so bad, damn it. Like, a damn yeah. puck or damn sick. Like, I, I had it. I want it. Like, that's a Darlene thing. And and look, Rasmus Darlene, and maybe that's why the Greenway 
um, Middlestat tuck line for me was was the the second best line because I, well they were on the ice with Rasmus Dahlin a lot and every time yes. Dahlin had chances it was that line that was on the ice but maybe it was more Dahlin that elevated that line to another level when you look at the the numbers and the chances they had but Benson I don't feel and I don't sense that there is that added pressure to perform everybody's putting pressure to perform and to score mm -hmm. but I don't see it being like the number one thing that will make or break his his approach to the game. I think he wants to score. He had a great chance on the back and comes in, right? Mm -hmm. He tries to tuck it in. Great chance. Um, but I think he 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 does enough other places that his game is a positive moving forward that it's not just being held up by production. Okay. Uh, do you have the minutes that um, Darlene was out there with the middle stat line handy? Uh, yes, right here, five like on five. Pursue? Because... I did ask you going into the third period last night what you would do if you were out there with Darlene on a night when he was playing the way he yeah. was. Because it's important. You have to be able to read off of a player playing the way Darlene was playing last night. But you've led me down a path here that uh, unexpected, as per usual, which is kind of the nature of our discussions. Um, yeah. <laughs> what I was going to um, bring up today... And and this won't surprise anyone, and it's not it, it 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 is what it is. Like if you look at Casey Middlestad as the club's leading scorer, you would expect there to be some sort of you know nice package of numbers associated with that. Yes. And if you look at Tage's disappointing for him season so far because of injuries and not the same level of production, you would expect probably some numbers. And this is rightly or wrongly individual player, you know, uh, related, whatever. Like Casey's been on the ice for 46 goals for at even strength. That's the most among any Sabres forward. Yeah. But it's twice as many as Thompson. Thompson's only been on for 23 five-on-five -five goals. Mm -hmm. So this funnels it back to the discussion where you were just talking about five-on-five. -five. And when you mentioned A-line being out there with Darlene, I'm now going to ask, should Thompson wow. have Darlene more often and to go way too far back for some of our audience, there are coaches who have always believed in having a certain pair out there with a top line. Detroit became famous for it in the late nineties because of the Russian five of which they weren't all Russians. Doug Brown often got turns in there and was named Brownoff just to fit in with <laughs> Fedorov, Fetisov, Konstantinov, all the rest. But you know what I'm saying here, right? These these are like, so how do you take last night, take what Darlene can do, find the best forward line fit to make sure that he is not only helping himself because he wants to create the offense, but put these other forwards in the best chance to score. So I look right, at last night really and, and, and was that? I said, sorry, that was really a long no, time. No, no. I, so. and I, and I, as you're talking Oh, I, I wish I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I could press a button and see like every single game, like a chart in front of me. Thompson, <laughs> Dalene, how many time they've played, to, how much time they've played together in every single game. The games that were good, the games that were bad. What did that, how did Thompson and his line perform when they were with Dalene a lot? How does that, you know, what, what happens when he's with power? Like last night, Rasmus Dalene played 10 minutes ice time at five on five with middle stat tuck and greenway. Okay. Mm -hmm. The second best 
was Dylan Cousins at five minutes and with Paterka and Benson, but they were more in the four and a half minutes range as a whole. And then it was Gergensen, Robinson, and Peyton Krebs. The least amount of minutes Dallinas played in the game last night was with Tage Thompson. Right. And if you look at the numbers, the Thompson line in a game where you outshot attempted the other team 83 to 61, mm -hmm. the Thompson line shot attempts were basically even at the end of the night. Like they should have been plus 10, plus 12, plus 15, right? At the end of the night. So, so then it makes me think, okay, well, then who did Tage play most with? And how did that carry itself over, right? So, The defense pair that Tage Thompson played most with was with Power and Clifton. Mm -hmm. Their shot attempts at five on five when on the ice with Power and Clifton uh, were uh, with Power seven, four, nine against, with Clifton five, four, nine against, right? And then after that, it was Ryan Johnson and then a little Yuki Aryu and a little Dalene. Like they weren't on the ice without Power or Clifton much. So it was basically the Thompson lines on the ice. We're going to have Power and Clifton with them. And mm -hmm. I do think it makes a difference because I felt like Middlestad, Greenway, and Tuckline, when you look at the numbers and you look at their offensive zone impact, they did a lot of good things. But now I'm looking. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Back and thinking and looking at my notes, I'm like, well, it was very much driven by Darlene. Yes. Darlene had all the shot attempts. Darlene had all the shots. Darlene had all the scoring chances. It was very much driven by Darlene. So, I mean, you would hope, you would hope that when you put the Thompson line out there, that maybe you could say, hey, you guys are going to go out and produce, right, on your own, and then I can use the Darlene effect on somebody else, another yes. line to be able to produce. Um, I'm almost thinking now it, all, it, it may have to revert to the opposite. It may have to say, hey, we know that, you know, we've taken Alex Stuck off the top line. And with Middlestad and Greenway, it's worked better. It's worked oh. good. Look at the Anaheim, uh, not the Anaheim, the LA Kings game. Look at the San Jose game. Maybe they don't need that boost of Rasmus Dallin. They can do it on their own. Maybe that Dallin boost needs to shade over to Thompson now to help him produce because they need Thompson to produce. 
Well, I mean, obviously the coaching staff is very aware of, you know, who plays well with plays off of best. But I also think there's a couple of things to this. Jeff Skinner has not resembled Jeff Skinner since coming back. So that is not presumably helping Tage. And this is that relative, you know, kind of effect you that you're a byproduct of who you're out there with, obviously. And that's, again, it's understandable. He missed a handful of games. Who, And this is, this is what it is. Jeff was the leading goal scorer on the team before he got hurt. Um, and I do think, and you see this nightly because just look at the minutes again. Owen Power is expected to be a play driver. And the numbers would show you that in his two full seasons, he has been a play driver. So it's it's not an indictment that the coaches didn't use Thompson with Dalene. It's they think power also can be a catalyst for whichever is your top line, right? So I get it. Like, you don't want to be thought of as, hey, they got one really good five-man unit and not much else. You're trying to diversify it. And for whatever reason, um, like, the goals are just hard to come by for Owen Power. And I know it's not all The offense goals. is hard to come by. It, like, it not is. just the and, goal, the production is hard to come by right and, now and, for And OP. I think if you're being honest, I think, like, Many nights, Ryan Johnson looks like a greater creator of offense right now from the blue line position among the guys not named Darlene. Well, what did Darlene say yesterday? He said, I wasn't thinking out there. I was just playing, right? And, and that's what he said. There was a there was a chance early in the first period when Owen Power joined the rush. And he came like really, really close to the net and could have tight turn and just said, I'm going to attack the net right now. And he turned back and then went kind of up high in the zone and kind of, it's almost like the, uh, uh, you know, the basketball play where you're around the basket, but you're going to decide to kick it out beyond the three point line and then just back yourself up to, to mid court and say, okay, let's slow it down. No, like the Sabres have talked about, we don't want to slow it down, but it, I felt like it went through. And when I saw Owen Power do it, I really felt like I could see it like in his brain, like a computer, like uh, you remember the old computer programs that were the MS DOS, yeah. where yeah. you would get a line for everything, like the coding. I saw coding happen in Owen Power's brain at that moment, thinking, "Should I go to the net? No. Oh, oh, maybe I should have. Oh, maybe, well, maybe I'll take it back. Oh, well, now it's too late. I gotta take it back because I did not do it right away. So now I gotta slow it down." And I remember, and I marked it in my in my notes. It was. Um, uh, I got it somewhere in there. Uh, it's a lot of gibberish because I didn't have my normal paper yesterday. So I wrote on top of like notes. It was a mess. But anyway, you're a day late with everything because you're wearing black and red today for some unknown reason. And I wore blue and gold last night. I just <laughs> felt like it. That's the way it is. But um, yeah, so I feel I feel like Owen Power this year. What has been very uh, hard to produce is the amount of second guessing or thinking that he's put and a lot of it is because he's gotten burned he you know maybe yeah. he started playing without second guessing himself or thinking too much and then he got burned and now you're thinking every time i come back to the bench i pull the ipad my coach is saying hey you can't do this can't do that now i get it right like as a player you start to almost protect yourself in a way that you say i'm not going to put myself in those situations but Owen is a play driver, needs to be a play driver, as you said, and yeah. that's important. Now, I look back quickly as you were talking, for example, San Jose. 
Okay, the Sabres going to San Jose, they 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 were down to nothing and they won 5-2. Uh, Who did Tage Thompson play most in San Jose when you look at the defense? Rasmus Dahlin, 7 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, then Owen Power with 5-12 and Bryson 5-06. Now, let's remember, they played with Bryson in that game and Bryson at times would skip a shift, right? Yes. So, so you got, but the most... Uh, Common defenseman that Thompson played with in San Jose was Rasmus Dahlin. Almost eight minutes of five on five time with Rasmus Dahlin, right? right. Now, I don't know why it went away from that at home. Maybe it's more like, okay, we have the control of the matchups and well, I, we're playing I, I, Dallas instead of San Jose. That's thank different. You. That's all it needed to be said. Like, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you started that launch into San Jose, I'm like, like, you know, yeah, I get it. Like the Sharks had been on a run before Buffalo ran into them recently and you have to treat them with respect. But the fact of the matter is they score almost half the number of goals that Dallas do. Like that's a fact. So the, the stars have an incredibly balanced attack and you have to spread out how you're going to defend against them. And, you know, and for it, like, and this again, like just to be kind of looking at who can create from the blue line, this, this was not, to say that Owen Power is having a, a bad year. It's no. because again, the numbers will show you he is on the ice for more goals than anybody else. He has been for two seasons. He he's out there for the most five on five goals. It doesn't always result in points and people, you know, look, there's lots of examples of eye test failures for any player, any game. Um, but I think for Owen, people just want the numbers to, to climb a little bit here and then, I mean, it's obviously a silly and redundant statement, but like the Sabres offense is not where, you know, it was last year. So it's, presumably it's if Owen had 15 more points, you'd be looking at, oh, well, that that could change. But you can. And if the power really play go- was different, maybe you wouldn't look at power and say, hey, if he had 15 more points, because then maybe your yeah. production on the power play as a team would help you. But again, like, so, I, you know, what I do a lot and, and you know, we, you get up in the morning, the day after a game, you kind of look at your notes, you look at the numbers and you say, okay, well, what happened last night in the game? But also sometimes I like to take it out to what happened around the league and how does that affect, you know, the game that the Sabres played. And last night after the game, everybody was saying, well, Jake Ottinger, Jake Ottinger. Now, you know, if you, you lose the game 2-1, I get it. And Jake Ottinger, first star, you know, stole a game for Dallas, in my opinion. But, you know, I've Uko Pekalukinen on the other side that played a fantastic game. So I look at the numbers last night. All the goalies that played last night. Who is the best goalie when you look at goal save above expectation? Obviously, Jake Ottinger is going to be number one. Dallas mm-hmm. won. Vegas, Aiden Hill against the Oilers. He's number two last year. They won. Number three, Tristan Jari. They won three nothing against the Winnipeg Jets. Number four, Ukopekalukinen. He lost. Then it's Samuel Urson. He won. Then it's Sam Montumbo. He won. Then it's Vitek Vanacek. He won. That's Jacob Marshall. They won. Like, like it's unfortunate because you're getting that performance from UPL. There's the best eight goalies last night. Seven yeah. of them won. One loss, and it's UPL that loses. So then again, yeah. it goes back to how do you create more offense because your goalie is giving you the performance you need. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just so many unfortunate realities here, and that is the first period numbers um, continue to be tough. They're they're not giving themselves that opportunity to 
take a lead and run with it. They have not been a terrific comeback team through the course of this year. We mentioned the fact they don't have a win when scoring two or fewer. And last night was the biggest contrast of all. You ended up against the number one team in the NHL, wins in one-goal games, against the team that has the fewest one-goal wins this year, which is the Sabres. So these are all... and. Again, the line is the line is fine, but uh, it's also very frustrating and maddening, as you heard from Kevin Adams in the pregame, Don Granado and Rasmus Dahlin, among others, in the postgame, and and here they sit, uh, losing a game in hand on Detroit last night and remaining ten back. You know, we did have a question as we were talking about Zach Benson earlier in the show today. Um, Thomas wanted to know, like, in all honesty, like, what has Benson gained from being here? All year, what have the Sabers gained from him being here? Now, Thomas was thinking that a full year compared to a full year in Rochester. Well, he wasn't eligible to go to Rochester, so that yes. in itself is a big play here because you're looking at a kid who's far enough along in development that you realize probably, you know, can take a lot from the NHL experience and as opposed to junior. But how do you view where we're at as far as what Benson and the Sabers have or haven't gained by him being here this year? Well, I, I number one, I think that Benson earned his spot from the start of the season. And I, I, I've never been, and we've discussed this on this show often, I've never been a guy that, oh, you get nine games, right? Like you evaluate right. all the time. Are you here? Are you not here? I thought Benson from development camp, rookie camp, training camp, earned his spot to be on the team. And in the first 10 games of the season, you know, I, I wasn't worried about it. I'm like, he's on the team. And like all the players on the team, there's going to be some highs and some lows in the season. I, not once this year, thought to myself, would this have been better for Zach Benson to have gone back to juniors? That's, that's telling to me is that what is Zach Benson going to learn or benefit from playing juniors that he's not already learning and benefiting even more by playing in the National Hockey League. Now, if his performances and his pace and every time he stepped on the ice, he looked lost and looked, that would be a different thing. Saying, okay, well, you know what? Go down to juniors and score plentiful and you know dominate, and that's fine. Do I think Zach Benson is going to be the type of player that is going to be a point-of-game player in the National Hockey League that's going to wow all of us with his offense, no, I think he's going to be a really, really, really valuable player on the team. But I see him more of a, a, a hardworking, grinding type of guy that is he needs to to learn a different way to play at the NHL level. I don't think that what Zach Benson was as a junior player is going to be what he will be as an NHL player. I think we're seeing much more of what he can be as an NHL player with obviously added production. But I think he's He's carving his identity at the NHL now, which I don't think he would have been able to do that in juniors. Hmm. I see him as a 30 goal scorer. I don't see, I don't know yet how quickly that's going to come, but I, uh, I suspected with the better, I mean, again, there's just too many guys that aren't scoring right now. And that in the end of it all is the biggest reason the Sabres are where they are. They're just, they're, the goals are just uh, in, I mean, in all seven, of their most recent regulation losses, it's been two or fewer. And, you know, um, that, that has proven to be not a great, re- I mean, if you're looking at it, 
they're 12 and three when they score four or more. So we're yeah. still almost going in automatic mode when they, when they hit that number and they've had three wins or 10 wins this year when they've landed on exactly three goals for uh, razor probably won't talk about the offense, but uh, undoubtedly we'll talk about uh, much bingo around the league. Uh, <laughs> great stories around the league. Yeah. I hope not bingo. That was a one nighter. I, I hope. <laughs> well, but, maybe uh, he's playing bingo this afternoon. Maybe he's on oh, his good. way to bingo good right to now. Himself. I don't know. Hey, uh, maybe Razor will be the uh, fashionista at this year's Catwalk for Charity. Oh, yeah. That is making a return. As you know, it was made famous by Ryan Miller during his time here. And the Catwalk for Charity is back. It's Friday, March 15th, the Forbes Theater in downtown Buffalo. Ryan and his former mates will walk the runway once again with the return of this incredible event. Sabres alumni will model outfits designed by Courage of Carly Patients at Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center with proceeds benefiting the Ryan Miller Legacy Fund. To learn more and get tickets, you can do so now by visiting sabers.com slash catwalk. We're back after this. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.